You are now listening to the Faith Community Bible Church Podcast. It's our prayer that this message is not only a blessing to you, but to your entire family. Join us as we aim to make Christ known in our community by caring for the community. God bless. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. Go to Genesis. Genesis is where we'll be today. Genesis chapter 12. Y'all know our um, fifth Sundays are our mission Sunday, right? Um, We take advantage of fifth Sundays to be reminded of our responsibility to be missional or live on mission. Um, So today we're going to look Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. When you have it, won't you say, I got it. Genesis chapter 12. If you need more time, um, say, give me a second. Genesis, y'all, is the book of the Bible that's right after the table of contents. (laughs) Genesis chapter 12. We're going to look today specifically at verses 1 through 9. Genesis 12, verses 1 through 9. There's a word, y'all, from the Lord, and it reads thus. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the oak, to the oak of Moriah, and at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east side of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. That is Genesis 12, verses 1 through 9. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his word. You may grab your seats this morning. As we look, y'all, here at Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9, I want to preach today, if I can, Um, from a subject, a mission that's not impossible. A mission that's not impossible. Have you ever, have you ever seen uh, 
the Mission, any of the Mission Impossible movies uh, featuring Tom Cruise, where he played a spy named Ethan Hunt. These set of movies are really these action-packed movies where the storyline, Brother Mike always presented a problem either by telegram or by video or, or by a tape, if will, to Ethan Hunt, really that it's virtually like this mission that they were sent on, Brother Mark, was virtually impossible to complete. But for whatever reason, Ethan and his team in these movies, Earl, defies all the odds against them to get the mission accomplished. At any cost, right, Ethan and his team wanted to make sure that the mission put in front of them was accomplished if it meant jumping off of mountains, if it meant jumping off of buildings, fighting off corruption in the spy organization that they worked for, fighting against even terrorists to protect and save those who, whom they don't even know, right? They, Trina, had to fight to save people who didn't even know they were in danger. But they were about the mission. They said, you know what? This mission must be accomplished. And if I can be honest with you guys, uh, God has empowered each of you for mission. And believe it or not, the mission that you have been called to do, the mission that you have been wired to complete is not impossible. Yeah, it's true that our world is full of corruption. Our world is full of wickedness. Our world is full of pride. Our world is full of wars and rumors of wars. This world that we live in is full of division. It's full of bias. It's full of pride. This world, right, thrives off preference. This world wants what it wants. There's all different types of violence and sin happening in this world that we live in, but we have been given a mission by God that we must carry out. Thinking about all that's happening in our world and the fact, y'all, that we have been handpicked by God. Like, hear this, you are not here right now at this moment by accident. You've been handpicked by God specifically to be you, not just to be in relationship with him, but to be used by him. You've been handpicked by God. And when you think about, right, being handpicked by God and wrestling through all that's happening in our world today, my question for you is, are you a part of the solution or are you a part of the problem? Do you choose your own agenda over God's plan? Are you determined for your dreams to come to pass more than God's desires? Here's what I want you to know today. As you've been handpicked to be in relationship with God, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, saved by grace through faith. You are not saved by grace through faith just to sit on your hands. You've been saved not only to be in relationship with God, but you've been saved for mission. Right? God has given us a mission. What is this mission? This mission that God has given us is a mission to make him known. He's given us the mission to make him known. And that's the main point today. God has given us a mission to make him known. And hear this, y'all. We must carry out Christ's call, which is sharing the gospel with the lost world, not, not through our strength, but through God's wisdom and strength. We must make him known, y'all. And this is done effectively, y'all, when, when, when the body of Christ is connected. 
See, understand, uh, when we talk about being connected, the body being connected, I'm not just, not, not only nationally, but locally, not only locally, but individually, right? We got to be connected, right, to live on mission together. Do you know that you wasn't called to live on mission by your doggone self? You were not. We must share Jesus, not only with, do, do you know that the gospel is not only for unbelievers, but for believers too? We share the gospel with unbelievers, but we encourage believers with the gospel. Right? We, we talk to unbelievers, right, on mission, right, as to why they need to be saved. But, you, but, but we are even wired by God, called by God to be on mission even with believers, to not only encourage them with the gospel, but remind them of the gospel. Being missional is taking what you know about God. Hear this and sharing it with others, be it the gospel, be it strength, or anything else, we must carry out the mission. Either way we look at it, you're a missionary. You're a missionary. And as God's people, believers, we must be on mission. God has given us a mission to make him known. I know you need scripture. I'm glad you need scripture, right? I'm going to give it to you. Come here. Uh, Mark 16, right? And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Notice in Mark 16, he didn't just say share the gospel with the lost. He said, share the gospel with the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. We cannot sit back and watch people be condemned when we ain't done our job. We must carry out God's plan. We even see it in Matthew 28. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching you to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'll be with you always, even to the ends of the age. See, that makes missional so much fun, right? That, that verse alone really kills the fear of mission. Why? Because I ain't on mission by myself. Not only do I got brothers and sisters who can rock out with me, but God said, hey, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He's with us, right? Like, we cannot reduce being missional to just simply going to church or having a block party or doing a barbecue on a parking lot. If the only time we are missional is when we're doing something on the parking lot, we've missed it. If the only time we're being missional is when we're on our way to church, we've missed so many opportunities. We must, right, um, understand that mission, right, is not um, just coming to church, but it's being the church. Mission is saying that wherever I go, I just want Jesus to be made big. Wherever I go, I want folk to know him. Wherever I go, I need people to trust him. Wherever I go, I want to develop a culture around me where people can lean and depend on him. I want to develop a culture around me where my kids are encouraged by Jesus. Where When my spouse acts in the monkey, I need them to be reminded of what Jesus did on the cross. I want people around me to fall in love with Jesus. Why? Because it's the greatest thing I ever done. I want to create an environment where because I'm giving my life to Jesus, in order to be in relationship with me, you got to give up yours too. Mission. God has given us a mission to make him known. 
Here's my question for you. I want to ask you, in what ways in your own life can you make him known? Is it with your kids? Is it with your spouse? Is it with your friends? Is it at work? In what ways can you make him known? Now, let me be clear, though, because for whatever reason, we tend to get mission mixed up with testimony or gospel sharing mixed up with testimony. Right. I'm thankful. Right. That God has done something in your life and you just want to share your testimony. But can you just learn to begin with the gospel? We spend so much time telling our testimony because we want people to know about us that we forget to tell people about him. Do you know an event without the gospel is nothing but a field trip? We must learn to begin, do all things with the gospel in mind, with the gospel in view. God has given us a mission to make him known. And here's the thing, family. When the nations were created, God had already formed a plan to draw people to himself. He destined, God destined one nation, Israel, one nation. His chosen people to be light to all the rest, blessing them with the presence and word so that they can spread it. And we see that beginning right here in Genesis chapter 12. This book of Genesis is great because what Genesis does is that it establishes fundamental truths about God. Among these things that that Genesis shares with us. It talks to us about God's role as creator. He talks to us here about his holiness, right? His hatred of sin, his love for mankind, and his willingness to provide our redemption. We learn through Genesis not only where mankind has come from, but why the world is in its present form. Book of Genesis presents the establishment of Israel, the establishment of God's chosen people. And many of the principles given in other parts of Scripture really depend on the basic ideas presented here in the book of Genesis. But right here in Genesis 12, we see a shift. Genesis 12 shifts to the story of Abram, who many of us know as Abraham, that, that we've been talking about really the last two weeks, right? Looking in Romans, but Abram, right, uh, Abram experienced God and God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. I'm just going to mash pause right there and say that somebody waiting on their name to be changed. You got to experience God first. Maybe it's your last name. You're looking for somebody. Maybe you're looking for her or you're looking for him. But maybe if you experience God, he'll change your name. That wasn't even in my notes. I don't know how I got distracted, but let me go. Right here it is. God here in Genesis 12 promises to make Abraham the father of a great nation and give Abram's descendants that very land. But when God saw the wickedness of Noah's day, he chose to work out Tony Evans, right? He, Tony Evans explained something here that I, I it was a great explanation. He, he talking about Romans 12, Tony Evans said that um, God chose to work out his kingdom purpose through one faithful man. He said God's desire was still to fill the earth with glory and bless all people. I love that. But he will work through an individual to accomplish it. 
Thus, what God does is he commanded Abram. He said, I need you to leave your father's house and go to a new land. Abram didn't know um, where God was leading him. He only knew that if he would obey, God would respond by making him into a great nation, making his name great, and even using him to bring blessing to others. God would advance his kingdom agenda through Abram's faith. Let me ask you a question. What if God wanted to... If God wanted to extend his kingdom agenda through your faith, could he do it? Do you trust God enough to go on mission to a place and you don't know where you're going? Here in this text is the first time God makes promises to Abraham. He made him three promises here. God promises to make him a great nation, to give him a great name, and to bring blessing upon the earth through him. Down in Genesis 12, 7, there's also uh, the promised land. Together, y'all, this is, this is what theologians call the Abrahamic covenant, right? Where God made promises to Abraham because he sent him on mission. The promises, y'all, that were given um, to Abram were unconditional promises. The Abrahamic covenant did not depend on his, his faith or the faithfulness of even his descendants. And there are so many, right, who think today, right, that what God want to do depends on you. You think that, right, it won't happen, right, if I don't do it. But God's will being done in this world don't depend on you. It depends on him. He just want to use you as an instrument to make some noise for him. What God wants to do isn't dependent upon our faithfulness or even our uh, or, or even the faithfulness of those around us, but simply based on the grace of God being poured out to broken people who need to be fixed. Therefore, we must, by the power of the Spirit, carry out the mission to make Him known. But the question is, why should we make Him known? You telling me that God is calling me, using me for mission. He's sending me on his mission to make him known. Why would I do that? Why should I make it a priority to give my life totally to carry, to, to, to carry out the call of God? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you why. Because God is faithful. Because he is just, he is righteous, he is loving, he is a savior, he is king. And if you experience his love, if you experience his faithfulness, if you experience his compassion, you shouldn't just want to keep that to yourself. You should want other people to know it too. You must tell others the mission that we are on, the mission that we've called to do, it is possible. Not only is it possible, but here's your shout, the mission is worth it. The mission is worth it. Just as the Lord is sending Abram, hear this, just like he sent Abram, he's also sending you. When you leave here today, you're not just going home. You're being sent out on a mission field. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Yeah, we should share the gospel everywhere we go, but how about you start at the crib? We got to live on mission. Just as the Lord is sending Abram, he's sending you, family, we have a mission. And that mission is to make Christ known. Now hear this. The mission of Faith Community Bible Church, we exist simply to make Christ known in the community by what? 
caring for the community. That's why we exist, right? Um, why did I say that? What does that got to do with the price of tea in China? Because we want you to see that as a church, we're not asking you to do anything that God ain't asking you to do. The mission of faith community is fueled by God, right? All of like, like as we as his body, we are on mission to make him known. We just doing it through care. We're not saying that the church down the street don't care. We're just saying we care. Right? We're on mission. God has given us a mission to make him known. And as you carry out the mission, looking here at Genesis 12, there's three truths. Three truths that I want to point out to you. Real quick, three truths I want to give you. Right here from um, Genesis 12, 1 through 9, I want to prepare you for the mission. Three truths that I want you to see. Here it is. Number one. First, I want you to see that the mission requires a sacrifice. The mission requires a sacrifice. The text says in verse 1, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I'll show you. Drop down to verses 4 and 5. So Abram, guess what he did? He went. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan when they came to the land of Canaan, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Here it is. Understand that God has given us a mission to make him known, and the mission that he's called us to requires a sacrifice. I want you to hear this today. The mission that God has called you to, it won't always go your way. It won't always go your way. It won't always be comfortable. It won't always be convenient. Having conversations about Jesus won't always be at the most opportune times. Being missional means that something, sometimes you will have to give up some things. Sometimes you will have to give up some things. Sometimes you're going to have to leave some people or even do some uncomfortable stuff to make Christ known. I know you are introvert, introvert, but the call to mission was not only for extroverts. I know, right? You just like, well, I don't know what to say. Well, if you know what Jesus, if you know and have responded to Jesus's finished work on the cross, you know enough to be missional. You just got to want to give up some time. You got to give up some energy. You got to leave your comfort zone and let some folk know what Jesus did. Mission requires sacrifice. Sacrifice. This word sacrifice is a word that, for whatever reason, we don't like. We don't want to give up, Lanisha, what's ours. I worked hard for this. You know, one of the things I've learned. David, is that I can clock out from being a pastor. No amens there. I'm not on the clock 24 hours. I've learned. Thank you, Pastor Darren. I'm learning that I can clock out from being a pastor, but I can never clock out from being a Christian. Right? So some of the things that I do is not because I'm a pastor, it's because I'm on mission for Jesus. Right, if I'm sitting, if I if I'm going over to Coffee Co and having a conversation with Miss Kim and her workers in there, it ain't because I'm the pastor of Faith Community. I'm just a believer and just want folks to know about Jesus. 
right? Sacrifice means giving to the Lord whatever he requires of your time and your earthly possessions and even your energies to further his work. Scripture says it this way. (laughs) Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Right now, all all these things will be added to you. Our willingness to sacrifice is an indication of our devotion to God. You want to show how devoted you are to God? What are you willing to give up for him? Right? People have always been tried and tested to see if they will put the things of God first in their lives. Do you know all through Scripture, people had to make a sacrifice? Paul even had to sacrifice his comfort. When he was talking to the Philippian church, here's what Paul said, verse 7, Philippians 3, verse 7. But whatever gain I had, I counted as a loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Paul had to give up his comfort. What makes you think you won't have to give up on yours? Paul died for what he believed in. But you won't even give, you won't even give your time? The mission requires sacrifice. Not only did Paul have to make a sacrifice, right? But here it is. Job had to make a sacrifice, right? In the book of Job, I promise you, right, you read it, you'll thank me later. But Job, right, we see a man who suffers greatly, loses his wealth, loses his family, and even his health. But despite all of that, Job remained faithful to God, refusing to curse him or even turn away from him. In fact, Job, in the midst of his suffering, said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Paul had to sacrifice his comfort. Job left everything. The mission requires sacrifice. Sacrifice don't just stop there, Davina. Even Jesus had to make a sacrifice. And here's the thing, Sister Cassandra, he ain't even do nothing wrong, right? But y'all know, right, if we were to have a conversation with John, stop by chapter 3, verse 16, John would say, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Paul sacrificed his comfort. Right. Job sacrificed everything he had. Jesus sacrificed his life on the cross. And that was the ultimate act of not only love, but selflessness. Right. On mission to be about his father's business. Jesus gave his life so that we could be forgiven of our sin and have eternal life. This sacrifice is the cornerstone of what we believe as followers of Jesus. And it teaches us that true sacrifice involves giving everything for the sake others. It's interesting. Here's what breaks my heart. The issue isn't that we don't mind sacrificing for people outside the church. We don't want to suffer for people on the inside of it. Galatians 6 tells us to be kind to one another even to those in the household of faith. So how is it that we can be patient? 
patient enough for a lost person to come to Jesus. We'll wait years upon years upon years and then shout when they saved. But a person who we know a believer who got work to do, we just throw them to the wolves. What are you willing to give up? What can you give up? What can you sacrifice? Here's a better question. What is God telling you to leave behind to be on mission for him? God has given us a mission to make him known. And here it is. The mission requires sacrifice, number one. But number two, not only does this mission require sacrifice, but pastor, why do I want to sacrifice? Because of number two, the mission breeds a reward. And it's right here in the text, right? Not only does the mission require sacrifice, but the mission breeds a reward. Listen, I, I want to tell you this. There's so much peace being right where God wants you to be. There's so much peace being right where God wants you to be. There's so much peace in knowing what God wants for you and to be obedient to it. I know we live in this time, right, where we just like, you know, um, this word obedience, right? We say, well, let's divorce ourselves from the law because everything is done through grace. Now, yeah, if you, if, if, if you, you're right. Everything is done through grace, but because of grace, we should honor the law and be obedient to it. Like, like, you, like you, we can't just throw it away, right? We can, just can't throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? Because if you really do a study of law, the study of the word law leads you right back to the law. <laughs> It's God's word. And there's no way that we can love God and not want to be obedient to his word, right? So yeah, mission requires sacrifice, but there's a great reward in the mission, the fact that we can rest assured that we got instructions, that we can rest it. Like, I ain't got to come up with my own strategy for mission. I ain't got to write my own plan because God already told me what I needed to do. There's so much peace with being right where God wants you to be even in the midst of discomfort, even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of other folk cursing you, even in the midst of folk always, God told you to do what? Tracy, here it is. God told you to plant a church. What? It's funny. Um, almost 19 years ago, I scooped Tracy up. And did. Thank you. Lanisha, I winked at her. The rest was history. Right? <laughs> it was interesting. We met May of 04. Went on this unofficial date, October of 04, 31st, Halloween, right? Proposed to her November 14th of the same year, two weeks later. Y'all just imagine how crazy folks thought we were, right? We set a date for September 3rd of 05, but Tracy just couldn't wait. She couldn't wait, right? So we got married January of 05, right? Two weeks, two months, 19 years, right? Now here's this, here's this. What would have happened if we were distracted by the naysayers? We would have missed the reward. 
If we would have, if we would have, like, I was talking to a guy a couple months ago that said, man, you and Tracy have been married 18 years? Whoa, we thought that y'all was making the dumbest decision ever. I looked at him and I said, if I'm counting right, you on your third and 18. I mean, I wasn't trying to hurt his feelings. I was just trying to get him to know, I'm on mission. Tracy needs Jesus. <laughs> no, honestly, I need Jesus. Tracy just, like, amazing. But like we, we, we cannot, right, as the Lord, right, gives us mission. Yeah, we make sacrifices, but, but there's a reward in the sacrifice, right? There's so much peace in knowing what God wants for you. There's so much peace in being what God wants you to be that even when other folk got something to say about it, you with courage, with boldness, stay right where God has you. Yeah, it may be uncomfortable. There was times that Tracy had every right to chuck me to do, but she stayed. There was every, she had every right, right, to say, you know what, I'm done, but she stayed, right? Like, like there's so much peace. And knowing where God wants you to be. See, when you learn to just simply live in the hands of God, you don't have to know where you're going, how long it's going to take, or who's going to be there with you. You just got to rest in knowing that God is there with you every step of the way. You can say, God, I don't know. Uh uh. I don't know who's there. God, I don't know where it is. God, I don't even know how long it's going to take to get there. But what I do know is that the path that I'm on, God, you have for me. God, I want your ways. God, I want your heart. God, I, you can take everything. God, I just want you. There's a blessing in it. This mission, it breeds reward. Yeah, mission. Mission is sacrifice. Mission is sacrifice, but the mission is rewarding. I love he said in the text. Genesis 2, how do I know that it's rewarding? Watch what he says. Verse 2. Here's what he says. I will bless those who bless you. <laughs> Sounds rewarding, right, Mark? I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you. I will curse and in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old. Do y'all know there's still a blessing in the 75? And I'm going to tell you that in a second, right? Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Drop the verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Yeah, mission requires sacrifice. But the mission is rewarding. There's a blessing in obedience. Y'all, let's not get so caught up in the freedom, y'all, that we have in Christ that we forget the importance of being obedient to Christ. Perhaps, y'all, the most, one of the most famous examples of sacrifice in Scripture is in Genesis 22, when God tests Abraham's faith by asking him to sacrifice his son Isaac. Abraham, y'all, obeys God's command, but at the last minute, God provides a ram for Abraham to sacrifice instead of Isaac. That story teaches us, y'all, that sacrifice, yeah, it requires faith and obedience and that God provides for those who trust him. Abraham's willingness to sacrifice his son Isaac, y'all, is a powerful testament to his faith and trust in God. The fact that God provided a ram for Abraham to sacrifice instead of Isaac shows us, y'all, that God honors and rewards our mission for him. He honors and rewards the mission. 
God says, because you made the sacrifice to carry out the mission, people are going to dishonor you. But here it is. People are going to bless you too. Obedience to God causes your family to be blessed, right? We're saying that, 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 that the mission is rewarding. Well, what's the reward? It's right in the text, right? The reward to the mission, here it is. Number one, you get blessed by people. He says in the text, I'll bless those who bless you. <laughs> but, but there's another blessing here, right? There's another blessing when you're on mission. There's another reward. We're blessed with protection. Because he says, um, those who dishonor you, I will curse. <laughs> Not only, right, is he saying you're going to get blessed by people, but I'm going to bless you right by people, but I'm going to bless you with protection. But then he says, here's another reward. The blessing will spread. A spreaded blessing. How do we know it? He says, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So because of your obedience on mission, there's other people who are going to be blessed because you on mission. What am I saying? There's other people who are going to respond to the gospel because of your obedience on mission. Right? Now, here, now here's Deacon Dad. This is for you. The reward that blew my mind was the blessing of energy. It blew my mind. When, I, when, it, when, when it hit me this week, it blew my mind. Blessing with energy. How do I see that in the text? In one of the craziest ways. Here it is. Abram was 75 years old when he went out on mission. He was 75 years old, right? If you think about 75 today, there's a, there's a strong chance now that his body was rocking with pain. Like if we're talking about 2023, there's a strong chance, right, that his bones was hurting. There's a strong chance that, right, uh, he wasn't walking like he used to, couldn't run like he used to. He quit, couldn't quite get his words. Or like Some things he just couldn't remember, right? He had retired after being on a job for almost 40, 45 years and all of that. But God still using him for mission. He says, listen, you want to be on mission? Then the, the, the reward is energy. Like, I just didn't call you to sit on your hands. I'm giving you the energy to do the work. I'm giving you the energy to do the work. Here it is. Here's the thing. Age is not an excuse for the mission. Age is not an excuse for the mission. Right. There's this older man. Right. Who planted a church in his 60s. That church grew to be one of the largest churches. Right. Um, in North America. Right. He since like he he passed that church somewhere 10 to 15 years and led many people to Christ because he didn't let his age stop him. Right. Well, I'm too old to be on mission. No, you're not. OK, let's look at the flip side. Well, Pastor, I'm too young. I still got my whole life ahead of me. That's why even young folk need to live on mission. Well, Pastor, I don't know what to do, right? I don't know how to do this. I don't like it this way. I don't like it that way. Well, show us how you like it then. Let, let, well, all y'all do is it this way. Well, show us yours then. We, like, we old out here in these streets. Right? The, the age is not a requirement for mission. You may think that you're too old for mission but, or too young, but his strength is made perfect in weakness. There's a reward in mission. What's another reward? Here it is. He blessed his family. What's the, the blessing of family? What, do you know when he went, he didn't go by himself. He took his wife with him. He even took his brother's son. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But he took his brother's son with him. 
And everything they had, he took with him on mission, right? But one that I loved here, Trina, reward that the text shows us, blessing by association. Blessed by association, right? How do I know it? Here's what he says. To your offspring. Hallelujah. I will give this land. That's, that, that, that blows me away, right? Why, why does that blow me away? Because we, we hear so much today about leaving a legacy. We hear so much today about having generational wealth in our family, positioning ourselves that not only our kids, but our kids' kids can have, right? We see here how to do that. He shows us here how to have generational wealth. He shows us right here in his text how to have a legacy. He shows us, right, by giving yourself fully to the mission of God. You want to create a legacy for your kids? Then you begin by giving yourself fully to God's mission, right? You begin by giving yourself fully to what God wants to do. And I'm going to tell you something. Your kids going to learn how to worship because they're catching you. Your kids going to pray because they see you praying. Your kids going to learn how to share the gospel because they see you sharing the gospel. Your kids, well, except for mine, going to learn how to shout because you shout. Your kids going to learn how to, count, how, to, how to quote the word because you showing it to them. Okay, y'all ain't getting that. Okay, let me be more direct. Stop leaving it to Sister Christina and the youth workers to teach your kids when you should be doing it yourself. It's your legacy, not hers. It's the truth, right? The greatest legacy. There's no greater legacy. There's no greater relationship. There's no greater benefit to give to your children or even your children's children than the gospel of Jesus Christ. But why? Because the gospel applied the gospel applied changes how you view money. The gospel applied changes how we view relationships. The gospel applied changes how we view worship. The gospel applied changes how we view time. The gospel applied changes how we view sacrifice, right? God has given us a mission to make him known. Yeah, the mission requires sacrifice, but, the sacri but, but it's so rewarding. You ever witness somebody who you shared the gospel with show signs that God was at work in their heart? There's nothing more rewarding, right? You ever seen somebody mature in Christ that you've been praying for? It's so rewarding. The mission of God is so rewarding. The greatest reward is to hear your master quote to you, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things, but I will set you over my, I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your master. The mission is rewarding. Yeah, the mission requires sacrifice. But the mission brings reward. Listen, God has given us a mission to make him known. Because God is faithful. Because God is just, because he's righteous, because he's loving, because he's a savior, because he's a king. And if you have experienced that, you've got to tell others about it. The mission is possible, right? The mission is worth it. And just as the Lord is sending Abram, he's sending you. And we got to be on mission. Our mission is to make Christ known. Mission requires sacrifice. The mission brings a reward, right? Question, what can you give up for him? 
what can you sacrifice for the Lord? I know, right, that you've been brought up in a culture that you've been brought up uh, in a Burger King culture. Have it your way. But how about, how about we open a new restaurant and call it Everlasting King? And the slogan is, have it his way. What can you give up? What is God telling you to leave or give up to follow him? The mission requires a sacrifice. The mission is so rewarding. What a joy it is to see God work not only in our lives, but also in the lives of others. Here's my final point. Then I'm done, I promise. The mission requires sacrifice. The mission brings reward. But number three, don't be fooled. The mission comes with distractions. The mission's going to come with distractions. What are those things that, what are those distractions that deter you from the mission of God? What is it in front of you that's grabbing your affections that, what is this taking you away from the call of God? Is it your cell phone? Is it your kids? Is it, it's my money and I want it now? Is it your dreams? What is it that's distracting you from the vision of God or the call of God? How, how do I, what, what do we see distraction here in this text? Look at verse four. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran, and Abram took Sarah's wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. What are those distractions that deter you from the mission of God? What is it that has grabbed your affections, that's taken you away from the call of God? Maybe you feel like you're 75 years old and you're allowing your pain or, or your doctor's diagnosis to be an excuse as to why you ain't living on mission for the Lord. Even if you got doctor's appointment after doctor's appointment, here's a question. How can you live on mission in the hospital? Well, pastor, I work a job. It's very demanding. I got to work all these hours. Okay, well, how many times have you shared the gospel with your coworkers? Well, pastor, all I got is my kids. That's all I do is spend time with my kids. Well, okay, I'm seeing your kids. Have you shared the gospel with June Bug? What is it? God, God, God um, I, I would be on mission for you if my body wasn't in pain. God, I want to be on mission for you, but, but, but my family has become a distraction because they moving too slow. Maybe your family's not moving too slow. Maybe you're moving too fast. Maybe you're distracted because it's taking longer to get to Canaan than you thought. Maybe, just maybe, your distraction, here it is, is Lot. Maybe Lot is your distraction. Okay, let, let, me, let, me, let me set this up for you. A few chapters over in Genesis 19. Lot was on mission for the Lord in a city called Sodom. All the angels gave a word to Lot. Lot, get up, take your wife, take your two daughters, or you're going to be swept away in the punishment of the city. 
But then in chapter 19, the text says, hear this, that Lot hesitated. Somewhere around verse 16 in Genesis 19, Lot hesitated. But even in his hesitation to do that which the Lord had wired him to do, the Lord still showed compassion to Lot by prompting others so that he and his wife and daughters won't be destroyed. The text says that some men grabbed him and his family by the hand and pulled them out of the city, got them outside of the city, and they said, run and don't look back. Even though Lot was on mission for the Lord and hesitated to do what God called him to do, God still sent other people on mission on Lot's behalf so that Lot wouldn't be destroyed. Why? Because there was still some work for Lot to do. What is it that's distracting you? What is it that has you hesitant on doing what God has called you to do? What's your distractions? What's your hesitations? Let's ask a different way. Who is your distraction? Who is your hesitation? What is it that's keeping you from living on mission? Proverbs 4.25, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Right. I have an uncle. Right. Y'all have heard me um, use this illustration before. My uncle. Right. Um, was a kid and he was cutting grass. Right. And he decided to cut grass while he was looking backward. He hit a rock. Lawnmower popped up, cut off his big toe. Because he's trying to cut the grass looking back. It's Interesting. When he told me that story, I told him, I said, any man who put his hand to the plow and look back ain't fit to have a big toe. <laughs> Reality is this. There's no way we can live on mission looking forward but keeping our eyes on what happened yesterday. What happens if we look back? Let me give you a biblical example. Lot's wife looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt because she was focused on what happened behind her. When Luke was writing in his gospel, he says somewhere around, he's either Luke 12 or Luke 16, three words, Keisha, guess what he said? Remember Lot's wife. We can't be so focused on what happened yesterday that we don't Focus ahead on mission. God has given us a mission to make him known. And because God is faithful, because he's just, because he's righteous, because he's loving, because he's savior, because he's king, and because you've experienced him, you ought to want others to experience him too. The mission is possible. The mission is worth it. And just as the Lord is sending Abram, hear this, faith community, he's sending you. We have a mission to make Christ known. Yeah, the mission requires a sacrifice. The mission is so rewarding. But I get it. Because the mission is going to come with distractions. Well, Pastor, I need help with my distractions. What is it that can help me with these distractions? Now, in, this, in, in the movie, right, we talked about Mission Impossible. Now, in the movie... When the mission instructions were given, there was always seconds after they give the, give the message. They said, in this amount of seconds, the message 
would self-destruct. It would self-implode, and the messenger would have to figure it out on his own. But here's the thing for us. The mission that we're called to do, the mission that we're called to be on, y'all, it'll never self-destruct. The message that he has given us will never self-implode, but the message that we have to share on mission will give life. It's a message that brings joy, right? A message that can stand all on its own. We've been given a message of the gospel that fuels us on a mission to make Christ known. Yes, the mission requires sacrifice. Yes, the mission is rewarding, but there will be distractions. And let's be honest, you might right now be sitting next to your distraction. You might be sleeping with your distraction, living in the same house with your distraction, working in the cubicle next to your distraction, playing on the playground with your distraction, playing basketball with your distraction, texting with your distraction, or swiping with your distraction. But what I love is the Word of God tells us how to overcome these distractions. Then I'm done. Hebrews 12. Here it is. As for us, since we've been surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us rid ourselves of everything that gets in the way and of the sin which so holds so tightly to us. And let us run with determination. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. Here's your shout in the word. Then I'm done. I promise. He says, here's how you rid of the distractions. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Darren, it says another way. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was waiting for him, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross, and he is now seated at the right side of God's throne. Yeah. Think about it. Jesus was about his father's business. So much so that it required a sacrifice. What was his sacrifice? His life. What was the reward? He spends eternity on the right hand of the father. And we get to be in right relationship with God because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. But what's the distraction? Our sin. What is it that's distracting you? Stand to your feet. Maybe you're, maybe you're here and you're just like, you know what? I do have some distractions. And Lord, today I want to place those distractions at the altar. I'm going to give, Lord, my distractions to you. God, I know you've called me to be on mission. Maybe you know what you need to sacrifice, but you find it hard to let it go. Why don't you come? We pray together and you can lay it before the Lord. Maybe your biggest sacrifice is simply the fact that you have not given your life to the Lord. And you said, Lord, I want to give myself to you. Lord, I want to give myself to you. Lord, I want to know what it's like to have a relationship with you. If it's you, won't you come? Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Faith Community Bible Church Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by the message on today. To respond to today's message, please go to fcbcstl.com forward slash respond. If you would like to give to support the mission and vision of Faith Community Bible Church, you can go to fcbcstl.com forward slash give. God bless.